Hello, Delta County. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to the Delta Paw Print Podcast. Hey, I want to take a quiz, but I don't want to take it today. Do you guys have any violent objections to that? Let's take a look at a teacher that has been in DHS the longest, Mr. Robert Ames, who has been here for 23 years. How about Monday? We'll take a quiz, so get yourself mentally and physically prepared. Because we got some stuff to do today, y'all. Elisha Alaman shares the importance of kindness in teaching. What does he have in his hands? What a moron! And some can say that, that Mr. Ames' kindness head. is transcending. And like I look to him as a role model just because he's like always so positive and like energetic and makes everyone feel like they belong in like every space. You know, he's not the type of person to be like, not you, you know. Mr. Ames is in the English department, and so is Miss Lori Raynham. She shares her methods for effective teaching and her approach to interacting with students. So I think seeing things from the student's point of view helps in a number of ways. When I see things from students' perspectives, it helps me how they're going to process the thinking of a certain assignment or a certain skill like through interacting constantly I feel like I can I can see where maybe the thinking can go awry than to try to correct it so I think I definitely think you have to have expectations in the classroom even if it's like following rules but I do think using humor and whether it's telling stories, telling jokes, um, builds relationships. Students at DHS know that Mr. Ames can build relationships, but who is Mr. Ames? Well, the easiest way to figure out who someone is, is to just ask. So Mr. Ames, who are you? When I was a younger boy, I lived in Puerto Rico, um, but you know, I, was, I went to kindergarten, so I don't have the same kind of vivid memories. So my fifth, sixth, and seventh grade years, I lived in the Philippines. After that, he retired and moved back to the United States. It was um, a city called Thebes, and there was a king, and his name was Laios, and the queen was Jocasta. And Laios and Jocasta um, were king and queen, and they wanted to have a baby. Um, because, and they wanted it to be a male baby because we know how that works. That's the way the, the crown could stay in the family. So, Laios Jocasta, make a baby. The baby's a boy. Yay! I just don't really take it all that seriously. You know, I just think that um, I, I have kids and, and so that helps me. And even before I had kids, I remembered what it was like to be a kid and to not really care about school. Like, so the oracle comes in, normally blind, by the way, places his hands on the baby, he's like, oh, and they're like, what? Tell us his future. Yep, what? Your son is going to murder his father and marry his mother. If something interested me, I was all in, whatever it was. And so I think that's kind of a combo. I understand that 
School to most people is not like the beginning and the end of every day. This is like yeah. something they do. That doesn't work for us. He's like, I'm sorry, that's the way it's gonna be. So they take the baby out into the desert and they snap both of his legs below his knees and they leave him so the wild dogs will eat him. Uh, relatable, right? I mean, who wouldn't in here do You know, but when they're here, it's like this is something that's kind of cool that can make your life better. But I just feel like um, life is better when there's a reason. Corinth is the next town over. So there's a desert in between Thebes and Corinth, and they leave the baby for death. A shepherd from Corinth is out watching his flock. And he hears the cry, and he thinks one of his flock is in danger. He runs over to it, and he sees the baby, the boy. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's a child. Scoops it up, and he takes it back to his camp. And he says, the king and queen of Corinth are trying to have a baby, but they've been unsuccessful. This is a gift. Look at what I found. And they're like, it's a boy. And he's like, I know. He was out in the desert. They're like, his legs are broken. Well, he can fix that part, I think. And I think that that the reason that anything as good has ever been in my life is because of love. Yeah. You know? And so, I mean, I'm not saying you have to love Shakespeare, but I just think that love, love changes everything. Jo I think joy is like a product of love. We'll name him a word that's Greek for broken foot, Oedipus. He grows up. He's a teenage boy. And like most teenage boys, he's like, what am I gonna study? What's my major gonna be? He's like, hey, Oracle. Come on, hit me. And the oracle goes, whoa, you are going to kill your dad and marry your mother. I've never followed a rule necessarily because I'm scared. Now look, I don't drive 85 and 35 because I'm scared that they're gonna find me or a kid's gonna jump out in front and I'll run him over. So fear is definitely there, you know? But it's never really been the thing that motivated me to ever do anything or to not do something. It was always like, you know, like I love my wife. I love my family. So, you know, I want to do things for them, not because that's what you're supposed to do, you know, because that is kind of the rule. You know, you're supposed to be honest and be faithful and be kind and all. Those are kind of rules. But I don't really follow the rules because I'm scared of the rules. I just, I Oedipus runs back to Thebes. Well, Thebes, most cities back then were walled cities. And so they, all the people inside the walled city were starving to death. They were dying because of a curse, because there was a sphinx that stood outside the wall at the main gate. And the sphinx would not allow people to come or go unless they answered the riddle of the sphinx. Okay, so if you were a Walmart truck and you had a bunch of little Debbie cakes, you pull up there and the, the Sphinx would say, what's the answer to the riddle? If you couldn't answer the riddle, the Sphinx would eat you and devour you and kill you right there. And everybody inside is like, man, I could go for a zebra cake right now. But no, you can't. All great stories have a purpose. And that kind of transcends the stories that we read in here. Like, I just feel like we're all stories.
And there's a purpose for all of our stories. And I think that all of our stories have a purpose that's a good purpose. Even though some people's chapters have been horrendous. Oedipus walks up and he sees the Sphinx. And the, the castle gate opens and a guy on a, a chariot comes flying out <laughs> and dodges the Sphinx, almost hits Oedipus. Oedipus is like, hey, watch where you're going, you freaking clown. Oedipus takes a rock, throws it at the guy, hits him in the head. So what's going on? He's like, you have to pass the riddle. If you can answer the riddle, we'll let you pass. And he's like, well, I'm good at riddles. Give me the riddle. He says, like, okay, well, what works on what walks on four legs in the morning, what walks on two legs at noon, and what walks on three legs in the evening? And he goes, I think I know the answer to this. Like what? He's like, man. He walks on four legs in the morning of his life, two legs in the noon of his life, and three legs in the evening of his life. And the Sphinx goes, you lifted the curse. He's like, yeah, I'm good at riddles. What are you going to do? Oedipus, you are going to be our king. And he's like, I am? And they're like, yes. Just a little while ago, our king was killed in a roadway accident outside. And he's like, well, let's take a look at this queen. And they're like, well, this is her. She's a little, she's been around a while, but she's still smoking hot. Her name's Jocasta. We're getting there. They make four kids. The original blind oracle comes in and goes, it's you. And Oedipus says, what? And he's like, it's you. He's like, what are you talking about? You, you fulfilled the prophecy. You are the son of Laios and Jocasta. You killed your father. You married your mother. You made four children. And he's like, oh no. <laughs> and he takes his fingers and he pulls his own eyeballs out. <laughs> and that's what Shakespeare expects you to know when he says, what hands are these? They pluck out mine eyes. And that is the value of our teachers. Thank you, Mr. Ames. And thank you for listening to the Delta Pop Rent Podcast.